Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Tuesday morning. June the 7th, 2022, it is 7.03 on your Tucson Tuesday. Good morning and welcome to the show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. We are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. And we do have plenty of local to talk about today, albeit this will be the last time we talk this much local for a little while. I I think it's, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, as most of you probably now very well know, that uh, Arizona baseball is headed home to Tucson, and uh, they will be uh, they will be done for the season. But a uh, a very successful season, in my opinion, for them, based on everything that happened in the off season and some of the, the questions uh, that were abound <clears throat> regarding this team heading into this year. So, uh, you know, no regrets this year. And uh, you know, like like uh, like Chip Hale said, they fought hard and uh, just you know, just didn't have it. I mean, they didn't have the arms. They didn't have the bullpen. They had multiple guys injured you know, in the, on the roster this year, whether it be uh, defensive players or pitchers. You know, the, the bullpen was a little thin. Uh, they ran through eight pitchers, gave 22 runs yesterday to Ole Miss. So um, we'll talk about Arizona baseball, and we'll talk about you know, essentially what happened during the final two weeks, this grueling two weeks of the end of the season for them, and also what's next for the Arizona baseball program, uh, you know, via – graduates, MLB draft, recruiting, transfers, all that kind of stuff, what we can expect. Just an early, early kind of what we can expect uh, from the team looking, you know, far, far into the crystal ball the day after, you know, the body's not even cool yet. But, uh, you know, we, we still need to take a look at that and kind of find out what what's next for Arizona baseball. Uh, we'll talk some Arizona basketball as well as Arizona gets, I, I guess, a, a slew of, unfortunate news yesterday uh, in a couple of regards, so we'll talk about that. Uh, we have other colleges to talk about as the uh, Women's College World Series final has been set. Some interesting outcomes yesterday in the uh, in the final four of those games as uh, uh, Texas becomes the first unseeded team to make the finals in Women's College World Series history, which is incredible to think because, you know, softball is – it's a sport that's dominated by like the best teams, right? The best programs always dominate softball. It's like the same 10 teams that dominate year in, year out. Uh, and to have a team and not that Texas isn't one of those teams. Texas is a, you know, obviously Arizona uh, has played Texas for a national title before. Uh, this is nothing new, but the, you know, the Longhorns not being ranked or, un, you know, being an unseated team and breaking through is obviously very new for the women's college world series. So we'll talk about that. NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, NFL news and notes, because as you know, every single day here on the Jeff Dean Show, we talk NFL. That is, uh, of course, my promise to you. We do that every single day here. And coming up at 8.30, we'll talk some Wildcat recruiting news, both basketball and football, with Matt Moreno, the senior editor of Go AZ Cats. will be uh, joining the program today at 8.30. So looking forward to that. Haven't talked to Matt in a little while. And uh, looking forward to uh, uh, seeing what what news he's got coming down the pike. Hopefully, some good news for Arizona basketball, who's currently sitting a little thin on their roster for the uh, beginning of the 2022-23 season. So we'll talk with him about that and a whole lot more coming up at 8:30. I also have 
another pair of Diamondbacks tickets to give away today. Yesterday's winner was very excited. Jeffrey, uh, still not going to try to pronounce his last name. Uh, he was very excited. His birthday is, I found out, his birthday is uh, over the weekend, and this is kind of like a birthday present. So he's going to make uh, uh, the pilgrimage up to Phoenix to see his favorite baseball team, the Arizona Diamondbacks, and uh, that's just awesome stuff. I'm, that's like when, when those kinds of things, when the stars align for something like that to happen, that's always a positive and uh, so cool to, to, uh, to hear that. So we had a, a very happy winner yesterday and hopefully another happy winner today, but that can happen anytime between now and and when I sign off at 8.58 a.m. this morning. So uh, be listening for that. You're cue to call, and you could be the winner of a pair of tickets to go see the D-backs take on the Twins on Saturday, June 18th. Plenty of other stuff to talk about today. We may get into some NBA. I'm not exactly sure. You know, I don't know if there's time, You know, kind of like in uh, – you know, in the uh, uh, you know, as Frank the Tank was uh, describing there, I'm not sure if there's going to be enough time, but uh, we may talk some NBA today as well. And I mean, overnight, a big, a big you know moment in boxing essentially uh, happened overnight. We may get into that as I do love boxing and uh, kind of an interesting outcome. I shouldn't say an interesting outcome, but uh, there is a there is a uh, a very real and very legitimate contender for top five pound for pound right now in the world of boxing, and we may try to get into that uh, in a little bit. Maybe try to line up a guest even and uh, see if we can get some, some expert insight into the new craze that is in a way. So uh, we'll talk about that coming up maybe uh, today or maybe in a future, uh, future day this week. But we begin with Arizona baseball as the Wildcats succumbed to the Rebels of Ole Miss yesterday in Coral Gables after multiple lightning delays in the area. The game finally got underway. And look, it was it, Arizona was game early. The game it was five five. Blake Paul hit two more home runs in that game, giving him four in the last two days. He was just dialed in, and, and you know, a, a perfect insertion in the designated hitter role uh, was Blake Paul, and he's just been ripping the ball. And uh, it was you know it was five five, but you could just kind of tell that there was a there was a difference in how those runs were being scored, and, you know, I, I, they were off home runs, and Ole Miss has Tim Elko, who is probably, I, I would guess, the premier home run hitter in college baseball right now. Um, he hit three home runs yesterday. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he was a problem, as were plenty of the other Ole Miss players in the lineup. And, look, it was 5-5, and then Ole Miss puts, what was it? They put I think they put four on the board to make it 9-5, to and then in the fifth inning, they played eight runs on four hits. It's seventeen to five, and essentially, you're thinking to yourself, like, "This is over." Um, I don't think that there's a, uh, a a UCLA versus Oregon State bottom of the ninth nine inning rally to tie the game to force extra innings. I didn't. Th- I don't think anybody thought that there was that in uh, this particular team. That just it, it was a team that was just getting kind of run over uh, in in a in a certain aspect. But it is no way indicative of the way that the team should be looked at uh, for the you know as we as we remember this 2021-22 Arizona baseball season, and it is not indicative of the way that their season was. You know, I talked about Arizona baseball many times on this show before, and anytime Arizona played in a three-game series, I kind of said, "Look, this is the, the three-game series." have been dichotomies of Arizona baseball's season as a whole. They have one game where it's a pitcher's duel, 
and you know they you know they're able to you know grit it out and win a you know win a game you know four to two or something like that. They get a big hit in a in a in the seventh inning to kind of secure a lead, uh, and then there'd be another game where they boot the ball all over the field, look like a, you know a complete bunch of uh, just you know, like junior high school players out there defensively and just get completely lost. And then the other game in the series, they would – the bats would just be on fire. They'd be hitting home runs, spraying the ball over the field, look like the best offensive team in the country. That would happen almost every single weekend during a three-game series for Chip Hale's squad, and it was kind of a dichotomy of the way that the team was all season long. So I think, you know, when we remember – when we look back – and we remember this Arizona baseball team that went 39 and 25 this year, still a very good record. We'll remember that you know this team was was in the top 25 rankings and, and, and at the very least in the top 30 uh, for the entire season. They reached as high as number 10 in the uh, in the rankings this year. They had a lot of injuries, specifically to some arms, and it took them quite a bit of time to, I guess figure out what exactly their starter rotation was going to be and what their bullpen was going to look like just because it was a uh a, you know a, a situation where they just kind of had to throw the arms together in there and make do with what they had they also had plenty of injuries to some of their defensive players some of their fielders whom they had to kind of juggle some some pieces around we talked about it early you know in the non-con that you know the team was leading the country in errors i think at one point uh, just for a moment, but they did lead the country in in, uh, in errors and, and you know horrible fielding percentage. But it's because they had four guys playing out of position because of injuries. So you know this was a team that overcame a lot. <clears throat> yes, they are extremely talented. It is an extremely talented roster, and I expect that to carry over to next year as well. Because look, Arizona is going to lose a couple of guys from this team. Daniel Susak being one of them. There's no reason for him to stay. He is a Golden Spikes Award semifinalist. He showed not only at the Pac-12 tournament being named a uh, you know a first-team uh, performer at the Pac-12 tournament, but he was also an all-regional performer here in the in the Coral Gables regional in, uh, in you know in, in this particular set of four. So he obviously he's going to be a first-round pick specifically because of the position that he plays. He also has some flexibility defensively and just his ability to just absolutely rake. Um, he is going to be. Uh, a first-round pick, and there's uh, you know, look. Teams are going to be very happy. They're going to be some teams are going to be climbing over themselves <clears throat> to draft a guy like Daniel Susak. Now, I think one of the things to note about Daniel is he had a quote, and I saw it on I saw it on Twitter last night. He was being talked you know talked to after the game, and and you know Danny's his you know his day was over early yesterday. He got pulled in the sixth inning, um, obviously distraught pulled his jersey off and watched the rest of the game in his red undershirt. But after the game, in uh, talking to the media, he said, and his, the, the quote was, the second best decision that I ever made was coming to Arizona. And you're like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> and he says, but the best decision was staying. That is That speaks volumes about the relationship that he has developed not only with his teammates but with the coaching staff that had to be thrown together at the you know I wouldn't say at the last moment because it wasn't like I mean you know the former coach whose name I still refuse to uh, to utter on this show um, you know the former coach was shopping for jobs while they were playing in the College World Series 
So it wasn't like it was thrown together at the last moment. But nonetheless, we weren't, we weren't expecting that former coach to just up and leave and take a bunch of players with him. Um, I think the job that Chip Hale did this year was admirable. I am really looking forward to his future here at Arizona. He's obviously got the passion and the desire to be here. He loves being a Wildcat, and I think that is so important. And, you know, we've we've talked about it on this show, and I've talked about it ad nauseum with friends and even with non-friends, you know, people who are Arizona State fans who I talk to all the time up here in the Valley. Who you have coaching, the 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 their, the, the desire of a person to do a job means a hell of a lot more than the resume they presented to you to get it. And I feel like Dave Hickey has done a phenomenal job of setting the resume aside and just talking to people, just getting to know the prospective hires. Do you want to be here? Do you want to make a difference? Do you want to help us win championships? Do you want to work together with everyone else in this department to make sure that we're pulling the rope in the same direction as a unit? And, and make that a goal of yours. And starting with Adia Barnes, I mean, obviously her resume speaks volumes for itself because she's one of the, she was one of the top recruiters in the entire country when she was at Washington and developing into a phenomenal coach as well. She's obviously broken through. They played for a national championship two years ago. We understand uh, what kind of, of a great coach do we have at the women's basketball program. Ever since then, he hired a football coach, whose only desire in life since the time he was 19 years old was to be a head football coach at the collegiate level. Arizona gave him that that dream, that, that dream job of his. And he has <clears throat> so far, and, and not in wins and losses, but in literally every other aspect of the job of coaching has knocked it out of the park in one year. And talking about Jed Fish. You know, he, he's, he's somebody who would, you know, pester uh steve spurrier on a daily basis just trying to get you know a job an unpaid job on his staff uh and arizona gave him his dream job and regardless of what his resume said because that was the one thing that everybody wanted to fixate on oh he's only spent one or two years everywhere and he's been fired from like 13 different jobs and stuff firing coaches being fired doesn't mean they're bad necessarily uh especially assistant coaches he was an assistant coach. If he was an offensive assistant uh, 11 years ago when the head coach got fired, obviously he's going to be taken you know, away too after his first year on the job or whatever. So, you know, the hiring of Jed Fish was more about the person, the dream, the goal, than it was the resume. And you look at the other hires. Tommy Lloyd, never been a head coach. Oh, my God, what are we doing hiring somebody who's never been a head coach somewhere to be the head coach of the crown jewel of Tucson, which is Arizona men's basketball. Well, uh, I think the fact that he spent 20 years at the same program at Gonzaga, one of the most successful programs in the entire country, regardless of the fact that they have an enrollment the size of most schools' freshman classes, an entire school enrollment of the size of most big universities, you know, a single class, you know, at at that school. Um, And also – if you know the things that I know and that I'm apprised of, you know, in, in the world of, of college basketball, you know that he's been he was running that program at Gonzaga for many years before he was able to leave and take the job at Arizona, a job that he said was one of the only two jobs that he would ever leave his assistant coaching job at Gonzaga for, the other one being the head coaching job at Gonzaga. 
So it was less about the resume, more about the person, the goal, the desire, the passion, the drive, the the willingness to come in, be a part of a team, not just be the head of one team on campus, to be a part of an athletics team. Caitlin Lowe, obviously not a situation where Dave Hickey had much say in it, I don't think. Uh, you know, I haven't, had, I haven't talked with Dave about it. There's no reason to. I think everybody – you know, in Tucson, and anybody who's ever uh, associated themselves or been around that that softball program would say whoever Mike Candrea wants to name as his successor will be fine with that. We'll just sign off on that, and we'll be we'll be fine with that. And Caitlin Lowe, early on, received a lot of uh, criticism because of the way the team was playing. Obviously, we know how their season ended. I went on a little rampage about it yesterday. Uh, I don't need to do that again. But again, it's a situation where you're hiring somebody based on the conversation that you have with them and not about the resume. The resume doesn't matter. And in baseball, Chip Hale obviously does bring a a pretty good resume with him. He was a Major League Baseball manager. He's been at the Major League Baseball level and in the uh, the AAA level for a long, long time. He's also an alum, and he was a very, very successful baseball player here at Arizona and someone who has shown a lot of passion to be at University of Arizona. And, again, I think it was less about the resume, more about the person, the individual. Are they going to come in, be a part of a team? Are they willing to buy into what we're doing here? And I'm not – this is not a, 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 you know, a, uh, you know, a fluff session uh, for, for Dave Hickey. Uh, this is just, you know, stating the facts. I don't know if, if anyone would, you know, would refute the fact that those five coaches that I just mentioned all have – I think exceeded expectations in one way or another. Yeah, Jet Fish didn't get the wins that we wanted, but good Lord, they went from the 72nd recruiting class in the country to number 25 in one year, one and a, one and a half, one and a half years, from 72 to 25. Arizona is a national talking point among people who shouldn't be talking about a team who went 1-11 last year with their only win against a team who was ravaged by COVID regulations. But people nationally are talking about Arizona. I can't wait to see, to get my Phil Steele guide, uh, Phil Steele's guide, which is on its way, by the way. I uh, can't wait to open that thing up and see what Phil has to say about University of Arizona's chances this year and, and you know, his write-up on the team and, uh, you know, because they do such a phenomenal job every year in that, in that, uh, that magazine. So I, I think, you know, when I, when I mentioned those five and look, and, and also I, I can't, <clears throat> you know, I can't talk about the, uh, the coach. I actually can't talk about it. I don't, I don't know what the situation is with some of the other coaches on, uh, on campus, but there have been a lot of other successful programs, men's golf, tennis, obviously we know, you know, the barriers that they broke through this year and other programs on campus that have done extremely well. Track and field had themselves, a, you know, a great year. Women's gymnastics did some things. They beat Utah for the first time in program history. Like, people, like schools don't beat Utah in gymnastics, <laughs> okay? Like, they, you just – like, Utah is one of the top five programs in the country in, in, in regards to gymnastics, and Arizona beat them for the first time this year. I'm just saying that things are good, and a lot of times it's not about – the resume that you bring with you, it's more about getting to know the person and trying to find the right fit for the job. We, we do, I've talked about it with the New, uh, you know, the New England Patriots in regards to the New England Patriots. And I, you know, I talk to the Patriots a lot, and there's a lot of reasons for that. 
Number one, they have proven success. Their model of, of the way that they do things has proven to be extremely successful. Yeah, they had a, a little bit of an off, a down season last year. There was a couple couple years where they didn't make the playoffs, but six championships, yeah, I, I don't think you can refute that. I also happen to think that Bill Belichick is an extremely brilliant and innovative guy and one of the greatest coaches in football history. And I also knew people who were on that team for many years. <laughs> so I talked to them, and we, you know, we – trade it, you know, information and stories and things like that. And you learn a little bit more about what's inside the walls. And, you know, the 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 culture and the you know the view and all this other stuff of, of you know what a team looks for and, and how, how they operate a business uh, within those you know within the brick and mortar of of uh, of that uh, that organization. And I you just you just realize that for many, many years pretty much for you know the amount of time that they've been successful it's been a hell of a lot less about the resume that a player coach whomever submitted in front of them and more about the individual do they fit in do they fit our culture do they are they are they willing to do the things that we're asking of them outside of anything that has anything to do with something that's on their resume and i think that's the approach that that has been taken at Arizona in the athletics department and we're seeing the benefits of that. I mean, there are plenty. There are so many. I don't know if if Arizona fans really quite understand the year that we just went through as Wildcat fans. There are so many schools out there who wish, wish they were Arizona. Now, <clears throat> there are plenty of schools that Arizona wishes they were because their athletic departments are just print money. And Arizona's been struggling and bleeding money for quite some time in the athletic department. But I think those things are going to turn around. And let's be honest here, folks. 11 of the 12 schools in the Pac-12 are bleeding money. Their athletic departments are bleeding money thanks to uh, horrible leadership in San Francisco for so many years. So let's not just put the blame on the people who have been here in Tucson. Let's also remember that uh, there are other uh, other you know avenues of uh, of financing that have been egregiously mismanaged by the uh, by the uh, the hub in san francisco all right i'm late for the break we're gonna take a time out when i return we'll talk about arizona basketball azulis tobelis we talked about it yesterday uh potential injury that has been confirmed we'll talk about that and a whole lot more stay tuned here to the jeff dean show the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, let's do it. Let's give away some tickets. Arizona Diamondbacks tickets. Right now, we're going to take caller number three at 520 520- 719-1490. That's 719-1490. If you are caller number three, you are going to win yourself a pair of tickets to go see the Diamondbacks take on the Minnesota Twins. That game is going to be played, uh, of course, up here in Phoenix on Saturday, June 18th. So uh, call now, 520-719-1490. And if caller number three, you'll be the winner. And uh, you get to hear my, uh, my good buddy and I, actually one of my employees, Chuck Drago, the uh, voice of the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's been their PA announcer for, I don't know, 12 years now, I think he's been there. 12, 13 years at least. Um, Chuck, great guy, does a phenomenal job. Big voice. Um, so, yeah, go and check it out. And, uh, you know, if 
if uh, you know, if you want, you can give me a report on his uh, his job, the way that uh, the job that he did while you were there. <laughs> Sometimes he can be a little hard to understand. I think the acoustics in that building are terrible. I've been, I've, I've obviously spent a lot of time in that uh, in that ballpark watching baseball. The acoustics are so bad in that building. Maybe it's partly because of the air conditioners that are running, which is still strange to me. Like, <laughs> gotta watch baseball with air conditioners running. It's just, it's bizarre. Uh, Azulis Tabellas talked about it yesterday. Okay, there was a report that came out uh, right around like it was close to eight o'clock, I guess. Uh, a reporter in Lithuania had uh, had mentioned that uh, Azulis Tabellas was not going to be playing in the uh, FIBA Under Twenty Euro Championship for Lithuania because he would need surgery on an injury. And immediately the detectors went up. They're like, "What is going on here? What is this?" And I said yesterday, "Look." Don't believe everything you read on the internet, okay? I'm not going to give this person, you know, credit for breaking a story with that we can't confirm. Well, that story got confirmed by Azulis Tabellas yesterday as it was confirmed that he has apparently a chronic wrist injury that may require surgery. Now, I talked about it yesterday, like, you know, maybe the injury to his ankle slash foot that he sustained when, you know, he got rolled up on essentially not only in the game at Stanford, but then again against TCU in the tournament when uh, when they just barreled into him and rolled over that foot again. <clears throat> um, you know, I thought that maybe that was the case. But apparently it's a wrist injury that he's dealing with that, quote-unquote, may require surgery, uh, according to Azulis and his mother. Now, Azulis is, uh, and Todvalis, his, his brother, are both in Lithuania right now. And... I'm sure that Arizona basketball is not happy about this news getting out. Uh, I talked about it yesterday, just how buttoned up and how tight things are around Arizona basketball and how leak-proof that program has been for decades, uh, you know, for something like this to get out. It's pretty rare. So I'm sure that Arizona basketball isn't too happy um, with the news getting out about a, a wrist injury, a chronic wrist injury that may need surgery. Now, uh, I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a surgeon. I have no idea what the potential injury could be, nor do I know the potential amount of time that could be missed if he were to get, you know, elective surgery essentially on his wrist. I don't think that it's, you know, it's a, I don't believe it's a four month, uh, you know, recovery period. I don't think it would be that long. So I'm guessing that if he does have the, uh, the surgery, you know, within the next couple of weeks, that he probably will be ready for Arizona seasons coming up in November. So, um, again, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the basketball team isn't too uh, pleased with the information getting out, but lo and behold, we are in the information age, and uh kid's going to talk. This is one of the issues, though, with having European players. They go home, right, for the, you know, for the, for the offseason, for the summer. A lot, a lot of them go home. And they scatter to you know six seven thousand miles away, and there's not a whole lot of control you have in that situation. Uh, you know, if they were uh, you know a player from L.A. or you know a player from Chicago or New York or something like that, they would most likely return home, but they would be stateside. They'd be a thousand miles away or five hundred miles away or whatever. It's different though when they go to a different country and you're on like a seven hour delay time zone and all kinds of other things going on. It, it it it's it, it poses some different problems uh, for a for a program that is you know trying to make sure that they keep things on the up and up with their players and they maybe try to keep things a little quiet from time to time. So, uh, but regardless of all of that, wish Zoo is you know I wish Zoo the best. 
Uh, hopefully he can get that thing taken care of and, and finds a good, reputable surgeon, whether he does it stateside or uh, in Lithuania, and is able to get that thing fixed. Whatever's been nagging him, a chronic injury sounds like it's been going on for quite some time, um, so that he gets that thing fixed and uh, is able to return to the Wildcats this season. Uh, speaking of Wildcats, Kentucky Wildcats transfer Keon Brooks, who started for the team this year. He's been there for three years with Calipari, uh, visited Tucson over the weekend, and then decided to commit to Washington as a transfer. Look, I, I, in talking to people, I, I felt like this was, you know, the, the visit to, to Tucson was just kind of like, I want to go check out U of A. Uh, you know, it's, it, they were nice enough to invite me to come down here, but I, I feel like he was a Washington commit the whole way. Cause he's, th- there's no guarantee that he was going to start at Arizona. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and there is a, he will absolutely probably be the best player on Washington's team. Uh, depending on what happens with Sadiq Bay, if Sadiq Bay decides to transfer or whatever, they lose their entire starting five. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he, it was so important for them. They probably just rolled out the red carpet for him and, and uh, so that's fine. Like it's not it's not the end of the world. However, Tommy Lloyd's crew right now, the roster is at nine, and you like to have twelve. <laughs> I mean, you get twelve every year. You'd like to fill those those uh, uh, those scholarships. So we'll see. Um, I, you know, I, I still have full faith in this program to be able to get the transfers that are necessary. There are some, you know, certainly some guys that they're looking at. Um, in regards to to some of the transfers, and we will talk with Matt Moreno about that coming up at 8.30. All right, we're going to take a timeout. Congratulations to Jacob Bryan from Vail. Jacob Bryan was our winner of those D-backs tickets. Congratulations, Jacob. Enjoy the game. Thank you for listening. Um, We're going to take a timeout. When I return, we'll start talking about some other things, including some NFL news and notes coming up next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. In just some quick other college news, the Women's College World Series, Texas becomes the first unseeded team to make the Women's College World Series final. In the history of that uh, of that tournament, very you know, been an interesting year for sure. You know, Arizona obviously uh, knocked out of that tournament, uh, but got you know got plenty far as an unseeded team as well um, as they beat Oklahoma State in a, uh, a double elimination day yesterday, and in also the other side of the bracket on uh, UCLA uh, and Oklahoma, the number one team in the country, Oklahoma. This was a, a, essentially a, a two game series pitting two teams that had won 50 games this year, which is, it was a juggernaut match. UCLA beat Oklahoma in game one, and you're thinking, okay, they've got a chance now against Oklahoma. And then Oklahoma said, we're done messing around, and run-ruled them 15 to nothing in five innings. Now, I think the most shocking thing about this, I don't know if, I don't know if shocking is the right word, but just incredible statistics from this. I think Oklahoma's won 50, 51 or 52 games this year as a team. The run rule, the 15 nothing run rule of UCLA yesterday was their 40th win by run rule this season. <laughs> Good God. So that sets up an old rivalry. It's OU versus Texas for the national championship. They're going to start a three-game series. And uh, uh, so there you go. It's uh, OU and Texas. And uh, I, I, look, 
OU is an absolute juggernaut. I have uh, close friends, one who played basketball at OU and another who was a part of a, two national championship softball teams at OU. And uh, I'm very familiar with their uh, softball program. They are uh, yeah, they're an institution. And, you know, like, like several others across the country, UCLA, Arizona being two others, um, they are an absolute institution. So there you go. Uh, 40th win by run rule this season, though. That's insane to me. NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Speaking of elimination, the Avalanche sweep the Oilers, winning 6-5 to five last night up in Edmonton. They will now be awaiting the winner, uh, the team that will emerge from the Eastern Conference Finals, as the Rangers currently lead the Lightning two games to one. Game four is tonight. Now, something a little if you're if you, even if you're not interested in hockey in the least, I'm sure that if you're listening to this program, that you're a sports fan that is engaged in the occasional sports trivia from time to time, and it never fails. I hear this, folks. I, I'm telling you right now. I hear this at like overhear this at a bar probably once a week or once every other week. Some guy will be talking to his buddies or just a group of people, and he'll be like, can you name all the pro sports teams whose names don't end in an S? You know, like, you know, Giants, Diamondbacks, Dodgers, you know, that kind of stuff. Okay, There's, you know, there's so many teams that names don't end in S. If the Lightning win, if the Lightning are able to come back in this series against the Rangers, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs, if they win, this will be an all-non-S's final. It'll be the Avalanche versus the Lightning. I think that's uh, just a little, you know, a little fun. I was like, I was looking at that, I was like, oh, the potential matchup there is Avalanche and Lightning. Well, neither of those teams have an S in their name because the NHL has has a few uh, teams in the, you know, in their uh, in their league that uh, name doesn't end in an S. Kraken, you know, being another one and several others. Uh, of course, across the pro sports landscape, heat, magic, and all that stuff. Uh, if if you have never engaged in that, <laughs> if you've if you've I mean if you're legitimately like you've never you know been asked that question or never tried to engage or try to figure that out, it's a fun one. See if you can name them all. There's the Kraken being added. I just gave you a whole bunch of them there for free. Uh, the Kraken being added, I think, brought the total to ten in the pro sports uh, ranks. So have fun with that. Uh, we'll talk some NFL news and notes as well coming up. Again, that's you know that's of course my my promise to you is to uh, to talk to talk the NFL here every single day. And there's a lot going on in the NFL. Look, yesterday some plenty of things happened. Uh, the uh, you know the Rams paid Aaron Donald. We'll talk about that. I only have a few minutes here. I don't want to get into it too much. Maybe I will talk uh, the little boxing story that I wanted to get into. Now overnight there was a uh, there was a fight. In um, where was the fight? Was it? I think it was in. Was it in Philippines? I don't know exactly where it was. Anyway, um, it was Nonito Donaire. Now Nonito is you know been a you know a, a top you know top flight fighter for a long time. He's thirty nine years old, uh, forty two and six total record coming into the fight. But he took on the the guy whose nickname his nickname is the monster. His name is Noya Inoue, and he just, I, I mean, it was a unanimous decision at the end of the fight. Donaire is a, is a very, very uh, um, savvy, tough, you know, old, you know, he, he's, he's, you know, he's that guy. Um, but this is really, uh, I didn't get a chance to watch the fight. I look forward to, to trying to see if I can find some highlights from the fight or if I can even, you know, download it and watch the whole thing. Um, but 
he knocked down Donaire in the first round. He knocked down Donaire in the second round. And then it was like Nonito just completely covered up, apparently, and was it was just in full defensive mode, um, you know, for a long time. He, you know, obviously he did, uh, he did, um, you know, cut, you know, try to cover up, uh, but nonetheless. And uh, oh, I'm sorry, no, that was he was, <laughs> that was the that was the other fight I was thinking. Of. I'm sorry, that was the other fight I was thinking about. This fight was actually stopped in the second round. Yes, stopped in the second round. So, uh. In a way, is every every embodiment of his nickname, the monster, and uh, he is certainly one of the top five uh, contenders for pound for pound. He's twenty three and zero now, twenty knockouts. If you had a chance to watch him fight, he's fantastic. So, uh, so there you go. He's now two and zero against Nenito Donaire in his career, and uh, a, a stoppage yesterday, last night for the WBC bantamweight title. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When I return, we'll start talking some NFL. That's next right here on The Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to Jeff Dean's show. Coming up in hour number two, Matt Moreno, senior editor of Go AZ Cats, going to be talking some Wildcat recruiting news, both football and basketball. We'll talk to him. Haven't chatted with him in a while. Looking forward to that. And plenty of other stuff coming up. We'll have uh, plenty of it. we got a lot of NFL to talk today. So we'll get kind of started on, uh, on NFL here, and then we'll continue to talk about it uh, in hour number two. Uh, there's plenty to get into, including a new – uh, I guess member of the uh, the lawsuit that is pending against Deshaun Watson as now a potential twenty fourth lawsuit has come to fruition. Now the uh, the the news comes from a essentially a, uh, a a victim who has now made their name apparently public. I don't care to know who it is. I don't. I'm not certainly not going to repeat it. Uh, that's not for us to do here. Obviously, we don't do that and that's not my job but um the the uh the the uh, the victim or the alleged victim here has come forward saying that uh, she gave him a couple of massages the first one ended when he got a phone call and had to leave abruptly the second one ended with the same kind of behavior that has been documented and detailed by the accusers um, in this case against deshaun watson now here is I guess you know the 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 reason why this is newsworthy in the world of sports, and the reason why I'm going to talk about it is not just because it's a 24th person and I needed something to talk about. Um, the The contract that he signed with the Browns, there is there's language in the contract, and it's I think it was put in the contract specifically because of the the pending lawsuits, the the pending civil suits that are that are in uh, in the court system right now. It basically says. That and I'm just I'm going to try to try to paraphrase here. If he is charged with, indicted for, or convicted, or pleads uh, no contest to any felony and or misdemeanor involving fraud or moral uh, moral turpitude, then the the Browns essentially have the right to void his contract and recoup any signing bonuses that were handed out. Now this twenty fourth 
this new you know this twenty fourth individual who has stepped forward could bring a criminal lawsuit on her own because she is not a part of the twenty two that are now in civil uh, civil court. She could bring a criminal suit against Deshaun Watson if that grand jury decides differently from the grand jury in the other cases and they decide to indict him on sexual misconduct, all of a sudden now that gives the Cleveland Browns the open door to void his contract, essentially. They can they can wash their hands of Deshaun Watson and recoup most of the money that they had earmarked or had already given him. This is huge news for the NFL, for the Browns, for Deshaun Watson, depending on what happens next. Now, Rusty Harden, who is his uh, his attorney, Deshaun Watson's attorney, very well known, uh, you know, very well known guy, went on a uh, a Houston radio station on a, a, a was it a six ten or something like that six ten uh, you know six ten a.m. in in Houston whatever you know Billy Bob and Joe Bob or whatever, but on a Houston radio show interview, Rusty Harden said that. Happy endings are common in the massage therapy business and that short of paying extra for it, such conduct is not a crime. He said this in a radio interview as a civil suit is pending against his client, 22 of them, and now a 24th uh, person has stepped forward. He literally went on the air and said happy endings are a common occurrence in the massage business and are not a crime. Oh, boy. There are times, folks, where individuals just probably would be in their best interest to keep their stinking mouths shut. And, look, maybe, I mean, you know, to be to be quite honest with you, uh, if this is, if these if these reports are true, if, if, if it is proven in a court of law that all these things happened uh, and Deshaun Watson was a complete dirtbag and mistreating these poor women uh, that were just trying to do their job and give him a massage – if it's if if basically this gives the attorneys for those twenty two women in this civil suit the ammunition that they need to win the case because Deshaun Watson's attorney is dismissing the I guess the the validity of whether or not a happy ending is good or bad essentially you know a, a, a bad thing or an immoral thing then maybe this is a good thing that he didn't keep his mouth shut. If it, you know, if it, if it leads to, you know, finding out the truth and these women get justice, if it, if all this is true, again, I'm not, these are all alleged. I don't know. We, that's why we have the court system that we have here in America. You're innocent until proven guilty. And I'm going to treat it as such. There've certainly been plenty of times where the accusers were falsely accusing someone of something that they potentially did as well. But I don't know if you want to be going on the radio station saying, Oh, happy endings are perfectly okay. And they're normal. Happen all the time. Common occurrence. Mm, not really. No. <laughs> no. I don't think so. So interesting news there. All right. Hour number two coming up. Quick turnaround. ESPN Sports Center break. We'll be right back here on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. This is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson. K285DL1049FM Tucson. And KMXC HD4 